It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. sports podcast coming to you on this beautiful cool friday in the mile high city presented by breckenridge brewery um they've got a birthday right here celebrating 32 years they're the presenting sponsor of this here podcast check them out for the breckenridge brewery hoot nanny on october 8th and ninth, check out the description or breckbrew.com for more details on tickets and artist lineup. My guys, how are we doing? What's up? How are we doing? That's a it's a gorgeous Friday, as, as I said. Can't can't do any better than this. I am hyped about the weather today. Are you it's guys nice. as hyped as I am? It's cause... very nice. I'm hyped. Casual forty degree dip. Yeah, yeah, completely like normal. <laughs> you guys really dressed for it too. I'm uh I kind of feel like it was cool outside, hot inside. Usually it's the opposite. Yesterday I had a a shirt over my legs as Henry likes to say that's how his grandma does it. Uh so sh- <laughs> shouts to her. I'm sure she's a huge Grizz fan. And did we get an unofficial Rocky Mountain showdown last night on Thursday night football in the NFL? That was Buffaloes against Rams, Justin. Will you allow it? <laughs> Uh, yeah i guess i mean it, it played out like how a lot of the rocky mountain showdowns played out so oh, man. seems to be accurate but game played on the west coast though come on now i mean well shout out to buffalo they'll actually play in the Rams stadium so yeah um so my guys are coming off a of week one non-conference maybe not what we hope for for Rams and Buffs, but that's okay. It's just week one. Justin's got a new coach. He's sat in this here seat, so he's a homie, and we believe things will turn around. Michigan's just extremely good, but Justin can tell us more. Jake, on your side, 
we kind of didn't know what to expect yeah in this tcu game we got to see many many quarterbacks which is fun (laughs) yeah um you've covered many more starting quarterbacks for the buffs than you have games at this point so you know show history some would say um but yeah let's start with you justin the rams what you is there anything to take away from that blowout in week one at the big house yeah i mean i as far as the outcome goes yeah, you would have liked to have kept it a little closer than you did, but it was a 31-point spread for a reason. And for a team with new systems on both sides of the football, new coordinators on both sides of the football, 59 new players on the roster, essentially an entire new starting unit on both sides, it's kind of be it's kind of to be expected. You know, you're going into the big house. It's the biggest football stadium in the entire country, and you're going up against a team that is very well established on both sides of the football. Now, defensively i think michigan impressed me more than i even expected and that was something we talked about on the draft pod just the fact that they were kind of able to seamlessly transition over to some of these other guys after losing so much top talent but again you know if you're csu and you're looking at how things went it's kind of like well yeah you're an experienced inexperienced group going up against this superpower of a team in the trenches and the gap showed. I mean, the offensive line struggled at times. Some of that was yeah, also on yeah. Clay Millen, who needs to get rid of the football faster. Jay talked about that a lot on Monday. Just the fact that there were moments where he was trying to do a little bit too much, and you know that's what young quarterbacks do. But I think if you're CSU and, and you're trying to look for some positives, I would say that you had a redshirt freshman quarterback go in and, and complete 80% of his passes on a day where you know, it was a struggle for Mountain West quarterbacks across the league. Logan Bonner had three total completions in a 55-0 loss at Alabama. Hank Bachmeyer is the most veteran quarterback in the league and got benched after the first quarter. So if you're a Ram fan, you have a young quarterback. Yes, the offense did not move like you were hoping, but I, I thought that they ran the ball well. I thought they, they did a good job of getting him in rhythm, particularly early. And then you saw the touchdown pass over the top in the fourth quarter to Torrey Horton, which is kind of a a peek at at what you think this offense can be. Yeah, you want to see more of it. But I like that that starting group was able to kind of work through some of their issues. And I think it was big for their confidence to get on the board and to to let Clay work through some of those. You know, he was taking a lot of shots. I saw some tweets online, people being like, you know, should we bench him? Not because he's playing poorly, but because, you know, just to protect him. But I think he needs those snaps because really that's that's really this entire team. Like you, you want to see the depth build and you want to see some of these other units get out there. But really these ones on both sides of the football just needed an opportunity to play together against somebody else. And and they got that. And we'll see how things go against a, a winnable opponent in, in Middle Tennessee this week. And I'm sure we'll talk about it more. But ultimately, uh, I know I've been rambling here, so I'll, I'll wrap it up. I would just say that your expectations should not have been shifted at all. I think you should still be encouraged about what Jay Norvell is building. Now, if it's, you know, at the end of non-conference play and you're sitting here at like one in three and, you know, you really struggle, then maybe we reevaluate some things. But I think if your, your opinion drastically changed because of a blowout loss at Michigan, that's on you. You set yourself up for disappointment. Yeah, miss me with the overreactions and world is crumbling when it's a... First-year coach, first-year quarterback, lots of new players in Michigan against a veteran offense. Like, I'm sorry, that's the And they just wore them down. Like, the Rams, they fought hard. It was a situation where the game could have gotten ugly immediately. You know, they gave up a long screen touchdown in the first quarter. It was just bad tackling. You can't can't let that happen. Bad angles, that's got to improve. Right after that, Clay Millen forces a football. They turn it over. 
defense has to defend a short field and they were able to, to get a hold them to a field goal. And that's what they did on three of Michigan's first four trips to the red zone. Michigan did score some touchdowns in the second half after the defense had been on the field, essentially the entire game. But you know, there were moments where you could see like, Oh, like there really is talent on this team. It, it flashed. They just need consistency and they need experience. And fortunately they've got a nice month here of, I would say pretty winnable games to kind of get in a groove here and, you know, really anything's possible if they can get hot. Yeah. I want to get into some of the non-conference with the Rams because it is kind of intriguing, but Jake staying on the Rams, kind of the, the lethal combo of going against a veteran offense, which is built around the run and you're running an air raid for the first time. Cause mm-hmm. those short three and outs can be so brutal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just kind of an uphill battle as Justin said, uh, and the styles, we're really contrasting too and that's not going to work in colorado state's favor unless you're actually getting over the top and generating big plays which they weren't doing because they're playing a top five team in the country so completely reasonable on both ends but yeah a little interesting uh, contrasting styles there yeah for sure on the other hand the buffs before we get into the games itself let's get into the game within the game which Mm -hmm. is the quarterback performances what do you come away from all that I mean, I okay, so let's go back two weeks ago. Uh, we saw the final scrimmage at Folsom Field. Mm-hmm. Brendan Lewis did not participate in the scrimmage. We couldn't talk about it at the time. He had a small injury. He was fine. He ended up starting uh, last Friday. But going back to that scrimmage, JT Shroud looked great. I thought coming out of that, he was going to be the starting quarterback, that CU was going to try to push the ball more downfield and just be mm-hmm. more aggressive. Um, wasn't the case, obviously, as Brendan Lewis came out as a starting quarterback against TCU. And unfortunately for Buffs fans, it was a lot of the same that we saw last year. Uh, struggled to see the field. He did use his legs a bit more. That was um, nice. Yes, you needed that. Yep. But uh, yeah, I, I just don't think Brendan Lewis is close to what J- they have in JT Shroud at this point. So Yeah, there's some juice from Brendan in that first drive, which you know right. does, doesn't go their way. Um, left some points on the board. And then they finally make the switch for kind of the two-minute drill. Mm-hmm. And obviously a two-minute drill setting, we all know this. Like, you, For one, you're going to put the quarterback who's a better passer, and right. things are just going to open up because that's the more up-tempo. Yeah. Um, and so it was, you know, two years of watching Buffs football with like a kind of tentative passer at quarterback, and then you see that two-minute drill. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, what? We've got a guy who can throw it 25 yards, mm-hmm. but not the most... Uh, ball placement wasn't always there. Yeah, threw a couple balls behind. Um, he wasn't really getting as much power as you'd like to see behind the ball, too. He left some yardage on the table um, and some big plays on the table. I mean, the game was probably over at that mm-hmm. point. But uh, there were some opportunities and just a slight window into what this offense could possibly be if Carl Durrell does give JT Shrout a chance to start at quarterback. Um, because, as you mentioned, at the two-minute drill at the end of the first half and then in the last seven to eight minutes when he came in in the fourth quarter, they were moving the football. I mean, <laughs> this is the same situation he was thrown into at Tennessee, though. Yeah. He's playing at the yeah. end of halves against these defenses who are content to let him kind of pick them apart underneath. They're just not trying to give up touchdowns. So uh, with JT, I mean, he's just got to get more game reps and yeah. game reps in close situations that are not blowouts. So we'll see what happens this week, I guess. We've talked quarterbacks. I think the group coming into this preseason for the Buffs that had us most concerned was the cornerbacks. They used Chris, lose Christian Gonzalez to Oregon. We talked about that on the draft pod. 
horrendous performance against Georgia kind of gets bullied. Not the greatest highlight there. Um, but that was maybe my biggest takeaway was tackling in the secondary yak seemed kind of automatic for mm-hmm. TCU and what that could mean for the rest of the season would be concerning. Yeah. I mean, uh, this, there's going to be some growing pains with the secondary. Um, it's just something that's going to happen. These are young guys uh, with Kalen Moore. He actually played great Kalen Moore. He had a great pe- pass breakup against Quentin Johnston, uh, the TCU kind of a potential first-round player, yeah, honestly. No, he's a stud. Um, and they he did kind of reminds you of this guy almost. I told uh, when we were sitting here doing the Buffs pod before that game, I kind of told uh, RK he's got a little DeAndre Hopkins in him. Uh, he didn't like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah um, no, it's a, I don't think anyone liked that. No, yeah. but they they held him to three catches, twenty two yards. That's all I think. All you can ask of this young secondary uh, with Nico Reed, Kalen Moore, these guys played pretty well. Um, the explosive plays more so came in the run game, and as you mentioned, Dre tackling. Um, that's really where the secondary kind of fell short. Um, but so far, so good, I would say, for this secondary. They stepped up to the plate pretty well and kind of punched above their weight, I think, last week. So, And kind of like the Rams, don't over-underrate week one, especially with a new unit just getting their bearings. Um, so that's week one. What about the rest of this conference schedule or non-conference schedule? And then the conference schedule starts off with a bang for your Rammies, Justin? Yeah, I think, you know, coming into the season, the hope, at least realistically, was probably 500, you know, given that you have a pair of Power 5 trips to Michigan and Washington State, home games against Sacramento State and Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee will come to town this Saturday. You know, based on week one showings, Middle Tennessee got stomped by James Madison in their first ever FBS game. Washington State really struggled with Idaho. You know, it it looks a little bit more winnable, I think, than you probably thought coming into the year. I, I do think there's an opportunity to to leave non-conference play sitting at three and one. And obviously, if you're able to do that going into the, the league slate and, and that Nevada game, I mean, anything's on the table at that point and, and yeah. momentum is crazy. That said, I, I still think, you know, for this young team going into Washington State, it's not like the most mm-hmm. hostile environment in the world. It's essentially the same size stadium as, as CSU. But, I mean, I, I, I still probably view that as a game where if they were to win, it would be a surprise. I, I think you've got to go 2-2 two and two in non-conference play. Sacramento State, a very, very talented FCS program. I'm tired of having to, like, make that disclaimer every year like you know they're really good because you know in the back of your mind that csu could very realistically lose to an fcs team it's something that's happened north dakota state illinois state south dakota state i've been there in the stands or in the press box for all of them at some point (laughs) you gotta start winning those games like it doesn't matter that they're talented for an fcs program you are an fbs team if you want to be in contention if you want to have a shot at a bowl game They've kind of got to get hot here early on because as the season goes on, the, the schedule just gets tough. You still got to go to Boise, team they've never beat, although I, I really do think this could be the year. You got to go to Air Force, who I think is, is going to win the league. So th- this next month is very big for the Rams, and yeah. you have an opportunity to you know get 3-1, and 4-1 and one going into homecoming, and all of a sudden anything's possible. You probably have a sellout for Utah State at that point. Their, you know, their run was fluky. You could also be like 500, two and three, and everybody's like, you know, hey, we're still excited, but you know, this is how it goes. We'll see. I think they're talented enough, though, to, to come out of this three and one. 
Oof. Sticking to that non-conference, Jake, um, no Middle Tennessee's on the schedule for the Buffs. No. Uh, Justin just mentioned he thinks Air Force is going to win the Mountain West. They received some top 25 votes. I mean, that's... They should. I mean, they, they're... In my opinion, should have had some top twenty-five votes coming into the season, just yeah, based on yeah. how they they finished and the guys that they returned. But yeah, it's tough schedule if you're a bus fan, and, and I mean, you knew that coming in when you look at that TCU game at home, and you're like, man, they're going to be dogs in that, and it only really gets harder from there because you got to mm-hmm. go to the academy, which isn't that that intense. But I'll tell you what, man, that option—it's not fun. There's not a coach in the league in the Mountain West that would be like, "Yeah, that was a great decision for you guys to choose to play Air Force." Yeah, yeah. and yet here we are, Jake. You're going up to the Springs tomorrow yep. with a full party, full party bus of Buffs fans coming from the DMVR bar. Um, and you, you've been studying up on some triple options. So how do you, how yeah. do you see this all unwinding here? Man, I mean, Justin kind of nailed it. This is a deep team. Uh, they return, I think, eleven starters, and then it's all just juniors and seniors. So this is very a very experienced team. Classic um, Air Force. Classic Air Force. We talked. I talked to Coach uh, Calhoun at the Front Range Huddle oh, um, a couple weeks ago. And got a few details on the team. They had 29 graduations, so 29 players that were seniors last year no longer on the team. And they haven't added added a player to the transfer portal in two years, which you hear those things in today's college football, and you go, you got to think, oh, that's probably not a very good mm-hmm. sign. This is Air Force, though. It's just yeah. The whole book is different with this team. Um, they return, I think, six of their top seven rushers from last year. They got the same quarterback, Hazik Daniels, um, I know they played Northern Iowa last week, an FCS team, a good FCS team. But the the first drive, Hazik Daniels completes an 80-yard bomb for a touchdown. Yikes. And he's, like, scrambling out to, to his left, throwing downfield. I mean, if you you could put switch the helmets, and it probably doesn't look like Air Force in that specific play. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't get harder or easier from there. you got to go to Minnesota. Uh, Hank is actually going to be at that game. So uh, we'll be able to work with him on that. And then it's right into league play against UCLA. And then after that, it's Arizona. And Arizona looks like a much improved yeah. team. So, yeah, it's it's rough for the Buffs right now. Ain't no rest for the wicked. DraftKings Sportsbook has the Rams as 11.5-point favorites to Middle Tennessee this week. The total at 58.5. So expecting, expecting some points. And for once, it's not all... On the other side of the Rams, uh, Justin, what's your pick on this one? CSU covers, but I would take the under. Still early enough that I think if you're counting on you know CSU to throw 50 on the board, that that could be tough. Now, a lot of it's going to depend on you know how much do you give up to a Middle Tennessee offense that only scored a touchdown last week. So that's that's a big factor as well. If Middle Tennessee scores you know 20 ish, then the over probably hits pretty easily. But I. My gut feeling going into this one is that CSU wins fairly handily. Well, on the road at Air Force, Buffs 17.5-point dogs, that total set at 50. You're leaning, Jake. Well, and, and Justin, feel free to chime in. You know, um, Just looking at some of the deeper lines here, the Air Force team total under I saw yesterday was 33.5. So just doing a little math here with the spread at 17 and a half, if you're Colorado, if you can score two touchdowns, uh, let alone 10 points, I think you're well within range to cover this spread. Um, Colorado defensively, 
I mean, last week they played pretty well defensively in the first half. They kind of, it's really the same story as last year. They kind of just gave weight because the offense was unable to produce points. Um, they had to deal with some short fields, and eventually the score is 38-13. to 13. Um, So with the 17.5-point spread, I think, I mean, a little cautious here. Hank's all in on the money line, by the way, <laughs> uh, plus 600. But I would take wow. uh, Colorado with the 17.5 points. Hank's um, all in on the CU money line? CU money plus line. 600. Plus 600. Yeah, <laughs> Justin, Justin is shook. I might have to go into the DraftKings sportsbook read here. <laughs> Look, man. All right, yeah, we got to take it. it with a grain of salt. Yeah, the value. I I understand chasing the value at plus six hundred. Sure, we've all been. There. Um, I do think CU has a good chance to cover because of the things that Jake just talked about. Also, due to the fact that Air Force's style and particularly going up against CU. They're really going to try and limit possessions. You know, they will throw. They're going to try and catch you off guard every bit. But that's really more just for the quick strikes. So I, I don't think you see quite as much of that against CU, just given the disparity in athletes. Also, the weird thing about Air Force is because there's so few possessions, they can truly dominate you for like three straight quarters and only be up by like seven or ten. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, you know, they don't really win by like 20 plus. Even in games where they've ran all over CSU, it still feels like they only end up losing, you know, by like 10, 13 when it's all said and done. So I, I think the Buffs have a good chance to cover. Um, I if, if you think the Buffs are going to win this one, I've got some oceanfront property in Arizona <laughs> I'll sell to you. But I just, yeah, good luck. Sounds lovely this It's not a fun year. matchup. I'll say this. I, like, I cannot stress this enough. Every coach in the Mountain West stresses over this Air Force game for months, for months, because they just completely take you out of your style when you're not used to facing it. It's such a challenge. It shouldn't be that hostile. I'm sure there'll be a ton of Buffs fans there. But uh, having spoken with some of those Air Force players out in July, they're they're very much looking forward to the opportunity to like establish themselves as the premier brand in college in college football in the state of Colorado. Yeah, Air Force is for real. It's one of those years they have every two to four where it's like, oof, they're going to be pesky for absolutely anyone. Just like coaches have to prep for a long time, us sports better prep all offseason for the return of the NFL. DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with the NFL being back on this first Sunday. They're an official betting partner of the NFL, and they're giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, you can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for week one, all of us can get um, just the win of wins, the early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on the NFL team to win if your team leads by 10 at any point during the game. Last night's Thursday night, it was by seven. That hit instantly. Um, You get paid right away, right there on the spot, even if your team gets backdoored, blows it all, and loses. It's just an insane offer on top of the the offer you have for new users. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that code DNVR to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code DMVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes 
for details. And also, we could not be more excited for our new partner, Game Time. All the homies in the office have been buzzing about Game Time. That is my voice. As the app to go to for buying tickets online, we've got a link for you on every single show. Kale's showing you right now. You go into the show description. You click that. You check out all the amazing offers <laughs> they have. Justin's still on camera and just leaving. It's uh, it's all good. Um, but game time right now. You still got the Rockies going on. Buffs, Rams, Air Force. You've got the Broncos coming up. It is the time to jump on that app. Um, it's really everything we've ever dreamed of and uh you know if you love dnvr then you'll love game time best way to support us is by buying your tickets through them and use that link we are providing in the show description join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and scored the best seats to all your favorite events we could not be more excited and it really does help us when you click that game time app so check them out man it's uh it's just a great time to be a denver sports fan it's a great time to be at dmvr with all our great partners and the outstanding offers they have so now that justin did his wardrobe change we're gonna go to you jake and um what to expect in conference play who are some guys to really watch for on this buffs roster well, the big addition, I guess, would be R.J. Sneed, uh, receiver coming in from Baylor. They had a few transfers, um, but R.J. Sneed, I, he hasn't gotten above, I think, 600 yards in his career at Baylor, but he was playing behind Denzel Mims, Tyquan Thornton. These are second-round guys, um, and R.J. Sneed has quite the amount of highlights himself. Also, in terms of incoming transfers, Josh chandler Semedo, the transfer in from West Virginia, was a 100-tackle guy last year. Um, was kind of rotating in and out, um, wasn't the full-time starter at middle linebacker for the Buffs on Friday, but still had some nice tackles. Um, you can see his veteran presence. I mean, the guy sees plays happen so quickly mm-hmm. and is just on the ball. And then Tommy Brown comes in from Alabama. He is playing, uh, rotating in and out at guard. Uh, they have a bit of ro- a rotation going in at center and guard to start the season. They're still kind of competing for those positions. Um, and then returning guys, I mean, Alex Fontenot and Dion Smith are guys yeah. for Colorado. They've been there for quite a while. B- both have battled injuries. Both are healthy now. They did look good. We kind of, again, they kind of got away from the run game in the first half, after the first half against TCU. But these guys show that they are still able to make plays. Uh, Daniel Arias has kind of emerged mm-hmm. as a great playmaker um, at wide receiver for the Buffs. Uh, no real Nate Lammons or Christian Gonzalez is on this defense, though. Uh, you have Guy Thomas. You've got Terrence Lang on the defensive line, Naeem Rodman. I mean, these are guys that have been there for a while. They have flashed at times. Um, but that's about it. Again, young cornerback group. You have Xavier Lewis back there at safety. Um, he's kind of the veteran. Lewis mm-hmm. is uh, rounding them all up. So some veterans, but it's a lot of new blood uh, in terms of transfers and just young players playing for the Buffs. Feels like Semedo, especially if they're going to have any chance against the Air Force, is going to have to be dialed in, and that yeah. that seems like the kind of game that fits his playing style to 
the absolute T. Well, and then also you have Robert Barnes on this defense. Robert Barnes was playing at Oklahoma during that Army game uh, three, four years ago where Army scared the hell out of Oklahoma, who was a top-five team in the country at that point. Took them to overtime. Uh, Robert Barnes wasn't a starter then, but he did play. Um, we talked to him a little bit earlier in the week, and he had some good insight. So there's some veteran guys that have – I mean, they're not Mountain West guys that see the triple option every year that like Colorado State would have, but there are some guys that do have some experience against this type of offense. Justin, for those who haven't been tapped into the transfer portal and uh, all this stuff, it's definitely different being a college football fan these days and uh, having to adjust and recalibrate every offseason with what's your team going to look like, who should I be dialed in on, who should I look forward to tuning in on, every Saturday who are those guys for this Rams team yeah I mean CSU like half the team at this point or half your starters essentially are transfers they got seven starters from the University of Nevada alone and you know that's not even getting into some of the other guys that ended up coming over they got some big 10 guys but um as far as the transfers go obviously I mean offensively you look at Clay Mill and your starting quarterback that's easy Four of your starting five offensive linemen are transfers. The, the highlight guys, Torrey Horton and Melquan Stovall, a couple of receivers that come over from Nevada. Uh, Horton is definitely an NFL receiver. Stovall, very much explosive, not the biggest guy in the world, but just really versatile. But I, I really think the guys that you should really keep an eye on are, are some of the defensive players that they've added. They brought over uh, Chigoze Anusium. It's their starting corner from Cal. I really like how he plays uh, physically. He's solid in man, which is something that CSU has lacked for a long time now, mm -hmm. like a true man-to-man -man corner, and they have it in Chiggy. Uh, they brought over Angel King from Nevada, who gives them some versatility. Started at corner the last two years there. He's playing free safety. The secondary in general for CSU is really interesting because they've, they've moved over to a 4-2-5 under Freddie Banks, and they brought over some of these guys, you know, Chiggy from Cal, Angel King from Nevada. They also added Aiden Hector, former four-star recruit that started as a true freshman at Washington State. And then you have some local guys right in between with Henry Blackburn and Jack Howell who have flashed as well. That's kind of the strength of this defense is just this secondary and the fact that they were able to go out and add some really high-caliber athletes to pair with Blackburn and Howell who have flashed over the last couple of years and then Taiwan Francis who's playing nickel. So, yeah, I think it's, it's really about those guys in the secondary and I, I think – if they play to their potential, I think this defense can actually be pretty solid for CSU and, and pretty disruptive. But we'll see. You know, it's, it's, it's early on. There are some promising signs in that Michigan game. Yeah, they hung. They hung. Especially with how much they lost on the front. I thought they, they looked half decent. Yeah, and, and that was kind of one of the things that the staff talked about is I think coming in, they were a little bit worried about the state of the defensive line in particular. And now I actually think the coaches view it as one of the, the deeper – position areas on the team they they really like what they have at edge with Mohamed Kamara who smoked the Michigan tackle and got an awesome sack in the game and then CJ Onyeki who came over from Rutgers he played a lot he was not super productive but he he's looked the part since he's come over so I I really like it you know I don't think they're super deep top to bottom linebacker especially once you get out of those top four guys it's it's a little eh so hopefully they can stay healthy there but I I think this team's frisky and in, in the transfer portal era, you know, it, if you can, if you can just establish that continuity just a little bit earlier in the year, all kinds of crazy stuff's possible. It's just kind of a matter of 
can you get it going week two, week three, or is it going to take until, you know, week six, week seven? Yeah, that's always the question. That's always the question. But it does feel like they're moving in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. I think just with what you see, I mean, it's, it's hard. It, it To be honest and not to be, you know, disrespectful to any of the people that were on the team last year, but it's it's hard to get much worse than what we saw offensively and even defensively down the stretch. I mean, there were some talented guys on that defense that flashed, but Chuck Heater was a very old school defensive coordinator. Those guys in the front seven, the starters were playing 60 to 80 snaps a game and they just, they wore down. And by week six, they were a skeleton crew. Freddie Banks, it's just not going to happen. There's not anybody on the field that's going to play 60 snaps. And he's like, I don't, I don't know how you're supposed to play your best being on the field that much. So I, they're going to rotate more. There's going to be moments where the inexperience shows, but I, I just think they're going to be deeper. And I think that they're going to be healthier when the season ends, you know, knock on wood, obviously fluky stuff can happen. I hate even talking about injuries, but they are doing the right things. They're making the right decisions. They're listening to, you know, the science, the modern approach. And I think it'll benefit because like we said, that CSU team, they had talent last year. They just, they all got beaten down and then they had a bunch of dudes on the field for the last five weeks that had not seen any real action at any point in the season. And it's like, all right, go fill 70 snaps as a middle linebacker when Daquan Jackson's normally there. Good luck. Yeah. Um, Justin's got, you know, he's got his rosy colored glasses on at CSU with this new coaching staff, all these new players. Right. At CU, you're also covering a lot of new coaches. Mm-hmm. What's been the vibe, the change, what you're hearing from the players as the difference between last year with the Buffs and this year? Well, the big difference is going to be in the offensive side of the football. They bring in Mike Sanford, who was the offensive coordinator at Minnesota last year. And Minnesota put a beating on the Buffs last season. I think it was 30 to nothing. I mean, it was pretty much a clinic in terms of just how to beat down a team and really leave no chance. Um, some new coaches at other positions, I think wide receiver, we have a new coach too. Offensive line, absolutely a new coach. Kyle Devan, a guy that has NFL experience, comes from Michigan as a football analyst. Um, so a big opportunity for him this year. Um, and that's a lot of what the these new coaches have been talking about is the versatility in this offense um, and amongst their position groups. I think that's something that they lacked last year. And honestly, what I've heard the most from the players is just the the quality of the coaching has been increased tremendously this year compared to last year. Uh, last year, the offense was really hard to watch at times. The play calling was brutal. And you could hear from some of the guys that Hank talked to last year, they just weren't learning a lot, man, from their coaches. And Man, that is one of the most concerning things I think you can hear about a football team is just not learning from the coaches. So it seems that that issue has been fixed. Stuff like quarterbacks not being talked through their progression. Yes. Um, We're not talking like, oh, they weren't, you know, they didn't really break down a technique on how to press and what the footwork is. We're talking about the most basic things that you have to think about in your mind when playing Madden. Crucial elements that make sure the play goes according to plan weren't being taught last year. So um, there's a difference in that regard. This offense does, just from already seeing the scrimmage in week one, it is quite different. Uh, They seem to be comfortable going multiple uh, in terms of formations and personnel. We saw 21 personnel, a pistol out of two backs. Uh, We saw empty out of 11 personnel. Uh, A lot of variation in that regard. Of course, Carl Durrell is still the head coach. 
so a lot of turnover could potentially still happen over the coming season or two. Um, but you know, it's it's a it's a process, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you bring in all these assistants, you're not going to really see change overnight. There was some change that you could see on the field against TCU on Friday. But I think a lot of the improvement and a lot of the changes we'll see throughout this season as opposed to early on in September. And you alluded to it, and I think it is kind of the big thing hanging over this buff season is how hot is that seat for Carl Durrell in year three in Colorado? I mean, I'd say going into the year, he was chances were more likely that he would be safe than get fired. But man, after the first game, um, and how he's that quick, (laughs) how he's handled this quarterback situation, I think is really going to be telling because I mean, that's going to determine how good this offense is, too. Uh, and that's ultimately what's going to save Carl Durrell's job is offensive progression year over year from last year to this year. And a quarterback that you can kind of get behind, uh, not just for this year, but potentially for the future for Colorado, too. Because, I mean, you know, you had a couple four-year guys earlier last decade. Um, Sam Neuer comes in in 2020, and then it's just it's been really mm-hmm. turbulent since mm-hmm. then. You have some recruits that you like in Owen McCown um, and some other freshmen, but nothing right now that you can get too excited about so you're stuck with jt shroud and brendan lewis and yeah we'll see what carl Durrell decides to yeah. do in terms of playing time for both um he's been quite stubborn to throw out brendan lewis though it's never good when coaches make comments i don't remember what exactly the the quote was so i, I don't want to misphrase uh, use the wrong phrase here but what he essentially said something like you know like i could get fired tomorrow or something like that and whenever a coach Ugh. says something like that before the season's even begun it's kind of one of those you know the writings on the wall this was at the the front range huddle um honestly it was kind of weird carl durell he got candid and just started talking about his job and the future of the program i mean he said a lot of things that i think you could get excited about if you're a cu fan uh i mean the quarterback room alone from when Carl Durrell got here to where it is now is better. Um, they have been able to have some decent recruiting classes. Uh, I saw a peak ahead at the 2023 class. Colorado was around the 50s. So, I mean, still respectable yeah. in those areas. But, yeah, he and then he starts talking about uh, the future of the program and his job, approaching it like it's his last year, talking about if he dies tomorrow, um, just some weird stuff that happened at Blake Street a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that's very um, Andre three shots deep on a tailgate <laughs> show type of vibes. That's uh, that's that's concerning from the, the, the head coach of the football program there. But, you know, um, some of these programs have already gone through a refresher. Some might need a refresher. All of us and all our homies could also use a refresher in your nether regions, um, I've got a, a line here about college uh, fantasy football returning and you drafting CD Lamb and uh, seeing these nuts. Um, so, <laughs> you know, we'll just lean into it. Manscaped, they are the leaders and below the waist grooming. They've created a championship lineup with their performance package 4.0. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with that code DNVR. I swear to you, I've had their nose trimmer 
since we started our partnership with Manscaped, so like COVID, almost three years probably. At least sounds about right. Yeah. A full two years. I am becoming so old that I actually had a gray nose hair. So that's how washed I am. I don't I don't care how frustrating your football programs may be. Just be thankful you don't have gray nose hairs. Had to charge it for the first time ever in two years. Wow. Plugged it in. Z- 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 boom. Look at your boy looking fresh as ever. Um, you know, they've they've got it all. The lawnmower 4.0. You can use it in the shower. It's just Manscaped's got you covered all summer, fall, winter. You want to look fresh? You want the old the old Jay Norvell fresh up? Now, I'm not saying Jay uses the product. I'm just saying what, <laughs> what Jay was for the CSU program is what Manscaped can do for your nether regions when you get 20% off. Free shipping included with the code DMVR at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code dmvr at manscaped.com it's time to put the pp back in ppr and get a grip on your pigskin this season with manscaped wow they are love those guys they're masters man absolute masters they're definitely great at their craft for a second i thought you were calling norvell a dick and i was like you want to fight <laughs> you want to fight we can do that <laughs> i could have made an adazio reference though you know that would have been perfect yeah. that would have been spot on that dude is a dick yes we can say it officially <laughs> Ivaca is the new GOAT in Colorado sports. That is the greatest of all TV. Ivaca delivers amped-up sports coverage for Colorado sports fans. Featuring Altitude Sports, AT&T Sportsnet, the NFL Network, get the most regional content for the lowest price for sports. That's a great Ivaca actually has the broadcast rights for the CSU game on Saturday, as well as the Ivaca game that will also be on Local 3. Check that out. But what's awesome about Ivaca is you get all your local sports teams, all crystal clear HD, while using less bandwidth, and you can enjoy over 60 entertainment channels. They've got movies and more. Turn your home into the ultimate game viewing experience. You can stream even from your cell phone when you're on the go, and you can add a discounted Sling TV bundle if you would like to get ESPN. Ivaca is only $25 a month plus a $5 receiver fee. Right now, Colorado sports fans get $10 off per month for your first three months to score this deal. Go to ivaca.tv slash Colorado 10. That's E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash Colorado 10. No contracts, no catches. Ivaca TV is made for champions of the remote. What a teammate right there taking over the read for me and uh, executing that masterfully. We talked about guys to watch. We, you know, a little excitement. What are the things that could make or break these programs 2022 season? Now, obviously, it sounds like Carl Durrell getting crossing the street and getting run over by a car. Like, you never, life comes at you fast. So I, that's, that's about word for word for what he said. <laughs> Aside from that. That's very um, Bobo at the end of his tenure, too, by the way. Like, he started getting oh, introspective. Oh, great. And, that's what yeah. everyone wants to hear. Justin love that. Um, uh, I'm sure the quarterbacks might be one of those make or break units. Yep, the quarterback in the offense it's going to be make or break for Carl Durrell this year. I mean, you got to see improvement. You got to win some games, scoring more than 24 points. Maybe I mean, haven't seen it for a while, but 30 points. Can we can we Ooh. maybe get there? Um, I think that's where you could really see some progress in terms of wins. I mean. The over-under was set at three by DraftKings. Um, I think if you can get to four, five, six wins, it's looking a lot more uh, yep. grim as the season goes along and these teams in the Pac-12 play and look better. 
but I think that's where you kind of set the bar this season. What about you, Justin? The uh, the weak spots that will make or break the Rams season here. I think you hinted at the O-line already. Yeah, I mean, anytime you give up seven sacks in a game, that's going to be alarming. But also, you know, like we mentioned, you're going up against a, a really stout Michigan D-line. Mazzy Smith's a monster, really. That whole front seven was was very much impressive. But Mazzy Smith was unreal. Yeah, he just ate CSU's lunch all day long. Yeah. Um, you know, how, how you fare through the passing game when you are a scheme that it's, it's all about stretching the field, going vertical. If you can't do that, it's going to be pretty hard to to be consistent. So I think for CSU, the, the big thing is just can you protect the quarterback and can he make good decisions with the football? I, I think the arm talent is there. We've seen it. At this point, he's just got to kind of mature into that role as, as QB1. And the thing that's encouraging about Millen is – God, dude, for a redshirt freshman, the dude is just like all business all the time. I was joking with Matt Mummy about it. He's like, sometimes I'm just like, dude, are you even a college kid? Like, lighten up a little bit. But he's in the, you know, in there every day at 5 a.m. getting ready, and that's what you want to see, right? I mean, quarterback mentality, man. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a a cliche, but you know, that's the that's what you need to see, especially from a redshirt freshman, first guy in, last guy out, and uh, we'll see. I'm encouraged talking to some of the coaches. You know, again, some of it was on Millen. Some of it was just spacing, and again, that's going to be a deal when you have five new starters on the mm-hmm. offensive line, even guys that played for other FBS programs. It's you know just knowing you know the guard is going to be six inches behind you and not seven inches behind you, or you know if you mess up a little bit, it looks really bad, and we saw that with the offense at times last week. Final prediction time. You said the line was set at three wins. Yep. Over under, Jake. Oh, man. Looking through this, I mean, October is going to be the month where you do your damage if you're CU. Um, October's make or break, man. It is. And as I mentioned, it, it's already looking tougher than when it did to start the season. You start off October at Arizona. They look improved. Cal, don't really know yet. They played FCS last week. Oregon State, they played really well against Boise State in the first half. Kind of let up a bit in the second, but still a solid performance. And then Arizona State, another team that played FCS last week, so we don't really know. I'm going to stick around three, though. I think it's a push for the DraftKings line. I don't think Colorado quite gets to where they want to get in terms of the 5-6 win um, possibility. And then bonus prediction is Carl Durrell, their coach, at the end of the season. Going into next year. No. That's what I'd be leaning towards as well. Justin, for you, what was that line set at? I don't remember. It was five and a half. So it was, wow. is CSU going to be bowl eligible going into the season? I said, yes. It's I, been a I still say yes. I think they will be bowl eligible. Yeah, it's five years now. Got to go all the way back to 2017. You know, I think if you could get something like the New Mexico Bowl or something where the fans are able to travel easily and, you know, you could have a fun experience like 2008, like 2013. I think, you know, eight wins is possible if you catch fire here early again you know rattle off four or five wins in a row against some teams that are beatable is that realistic for a team with this many new players probably not i still think you know seven and five is probably like your realistic look six and six seven and five eight and four somewhere in there but i'll say seven and five sticking local final predictions for air force how high can they go you've got them winning the league i think air force goes 10 and 2 in the regular season beats Fresno State for the conference championship. I like wow. that quarterback shot Fresno. Um yeah, my guy Jay Kaner. Um that is your guy. 
That is my guy. Uh, 10 wins for Air Force, I think, is definitely plausible. I mean, they won 10 games last year. I think they actually might be a better football team this year. Colorado will find out for themselves this weekend, though. They always lose a winnable one. Like, a, they always lose one of the service academy games against, like, a mediocre Army team that they shouldn't who You know, it's it's one of those. They've, they've kind of, like, CSU have got to stop dropping yes. the easy ones yes. because yes. they're always up for you know the boise state game they're up you know they'll be up for cu i guarantee it but can they you know survive this gauntlet and not beat themselves can they not have mm-hmm. one of those weird days where the option just doesn't work and with the veterans that they have you've got to expect them to execute at this point looking at the schedule i mean do they only very favorable four true road games yeah and then a neutral site game against army i mean that is as good as it gets for your Air Force. Mm-hmm. You get CU and CSU at home. You get Boise at home. Their toughest game is at San Diego State week 12, probably. Mm-hmm. And Utah State San too. Diego State didn't look very good either in, in this last week. They got kind of housed by Arizona with their uh, new stadium opening. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see. The Mountain West is actually going to be fun. If you're not somebody that watches this league, there is enough talent, especially with these upper teams, to like compete with anybody in the Pac-12, you know, the Big 12. Fresno State is going to be sick this year. But it's also just quirky, and you get the weirdest yeah. results. Yeah. And so it's, it's a fun league. I, I recommend you check it out. G5 is like low-key really fun to bet. Yeah, it's, it's a way more fun experience top to bottom than most of the Power 5 conferences because you, just, you know what Alabama and Georgia are going to do to the bottom teams in the SEC. You don't necessarily know that Boise is going to roll a San Jose State. Yeah, you know, you, yeah. UNLV offensively, they can throw 50 on the board at any point. So it's just, it's a weird league. It's one of those where it's, you don't really see like any playoff contenders or anything like that. I, I don't even think the Mountain West probably has like a New Year's Six team because I think Houston's schedule is going to be too favorable. But I, I think you've got some teams that are, are really fun stylistically. You've got a diversity within the ways that they play. I mean, the option, Air Force, the Air Raid wyoming who's in like 1845 offense but it's a it's a fun league so check it out i'm a mountain west guy through and through so always ride for the brand hey man no doubt about that um finishing off our football local talk we've talked all summer about college football i've barely been able to talk broncos with you guys oh weird leanings on this monday night week one broncos six and a half point favorites the russell wilson era starts in the place where the Russell era Wilson era just ended mm-hmm. and uh Geno Smith against Russ. Man, what a what a treat. Yeah. Give me the what is the line? Six and a half? Six and a half. Give me my boys in blue. Give me the Broncos, six and a half. I think it's gonna be much worse than that, to be quite honest. Uh we'll see what Seattle can actually mount offensively. I think that's the most intriguing mm-hmm. thing. I'm obviously very interested to see how the Broncos look, but how Seattle looks offensively is gonna be very interesting. Yep. And uh, could provide for some uh, low lights, I'd assume, throughout the year. Yeah, you giving them the Bama treatment, Broncos by 30 here. You can only <sighs> buy them to 20 and a half on DraftKings. So. Well, what worries <laughs> me a little bit is what kind of emotion is Russell Wilson feeling? Yeah. What headspace is he in? Because I, I actually like that Seattle seems to be like bitter about him. I mean, I saw Pete Carroll essentially be like, I'll follow their lead, basically telling fans, boo him. Like you're, he's, you're going up against him. It feels way different than when Peyton went back to Indy and they did like yep. the pregame tribute and they got in his head, I think a little bit and mm-hmm. they got him emotional. 
I think they're just going to piss off Russ, and we're going to see him come up and, and light up Seattle. So, yeah, I, I like Denver big in this one. I will say the history with Denver on the road in week one is not great over the years. So maybe temper expectations a little bit. We dominate at home early on in the year. You know, I remember we lost to like Miami in week one or week two in 2005 or something like that. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, I think Seattle has played this completely wrong. They should have gone the opposite way and tried to make him emotional and, you know, think about all the great moments. Instead, they're doing the, we're better off without you. And they're just going to light a fire under him. So let's ride. Let's try, baby. There you go. Um, yeah, I think the Broncos are one of those teams to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook. Get in on the, what is it, the money line early, and you'll get your money to hit as soon as they go up by 10, which could be the first quarter. Happen. Yeah, about mm-hmm. midway through the second. Um, man, I love talking ball with these guys. Follow Justin's stuff, DMVR Rams. All season long, no one else has tapped in as him. And Jake's just done an amazing job. Great to have you on the team. Yeah. Full time covering the buffs, man. Stoked to be here, man. Love how much you're talking about the Pac-12 and just tapped into the all, the whole league. So um, just real proud of these guys. If you are a college football fan in this region, we are very lucky to have Justin and Jake on those beats. We are the Denver Sports Podcast presented by that Breckenridge Brewery Hoot Nanny. Check that out October 8th and 9th. Go to their website, breckbrew.com. Should be in the show description for more details. Have a lovely weekend. Enjoy this weather. Go Rams, go Buffs, go Broncos. Air Force, we'll be rooting for you, but not every week. We out.